that initial experience and immersion, if you like, in, a, in an area of the world allows them to get curious. Because there is a genuine excitement, not because the teachers put on a great show, but because we're all getting excited about a question and being curious and wondering, well, why? What's going on there? And I think that the reality of it is part of how you facilitate this process of transformation is holding the tension. Hello and welcome to the Coconut Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Freud, and we are in collaboration with Intrepid Ed News. Today's guest is Dave Strudwick, principal of The Real School in Budapest. The Real School is a special kind of school where they focus on contributing authentic projects, real audiences, uh, in order to try to make a difference, uh, to live in a more sustainable world. Dave's got a background heading up schools that, that are involved in creative arts, which is particularly interesting to us. And as well, he's a thinker who's a able to transform education by allowing students space and really learners of all ages, allowing them space to ask questions and to investigate their own curiosities. I think you'll find this conversation very interesting in terms of how we can create experiences for all learners to ask questions, go their own direction, and really get learning uh, that is uh, meaningful and personal to them. If you like uh, the podcast, subscribe, uh, leave us five stars, leave us a rating, check us out on www.coconut-thinking.design. And in the meantime, I'll leave space for my conversation with Dave Strudwick. Well, hi, Dave. Thanks so much for uh, taking the time to speak with us on the podcast. Uh, we're really excited to learn about uh, you, your thinking, uh, about what you're doing at Real School, how you're maybe trying to change um, the way education um, happens as an experience. Who are you? What are your passions? And um, how do you try to make a difference? So, um, yeah, my name is Dave Strubert. Um Who I am, I, I, I'm a passionate educator. Uh, I've been very lucky to have worked alongside some amazing people. And so I'm a bit of a magpie. Um, I, I love uh, kind of st- stealing little thoughts and ideas and practices um, from, from, from other people. I, I, learn, I think that's because I love learning. Um, I, yeah, I've been an educator for, for over 30 years and um, yeah, I've, I've worked in a range of different places and settings and uh, that's completely working with young people who've been excluded. Um, I've worked in the Science Museum in, in London um, uh, off the back of a project where I created with a neuroscientist, the world's youngest published scientist, uh, which was pretty cool. Um, but I love teaching. I also love leading and developing people. I'm really passionate about community in relation to learning. And so not just in terms of schools, I think sometimes schools uh, can, can narrow things in a, in a way that is less authentic um, and less purposeful as well because of the, the constraints of either the, the wider system or, um, or, or sometimes because of the examinations and things like that. So, so one of my passions is around yeah, if I had to describe my purpose in a sentence, it's the transformation of the education systems around the world. Um, that's that's my kind of reason for getting up in the morning. Um, but that that works on many levels, from the excitement of seeing a, a kid make a breakthrough in their learning, a uh, conversation with a with, with a family where where something shifts for them, where, where where maybe everybody understands each other a little bit more more compassionately, a bit differently. 
um, to also looking at what that means in terms of curriculum and pedagogy and, and also the, the way that schools uh, and other groups can work together to support learning. Um, yeah, I've been very lucky to, to work with lots of different people and learn those from, for, 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 from those other educators. And that'll take us into our next question, which is, how do you define learning? Yeah, it's, it's, it's such a good question, and it, and, and it should be so obvious to people like myself who who worked for 30, 30 years in, 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 in education. You, I think it's, it's something that you can see in a number of different, different ways. I once heard somebody say that learning is a little bit like baking a loaf. You put it in a dough and something comes out the other side that doesn't look the same. You know, you've got a loaf of bread. And I kind of like that analogy um, on a very literal basis. Um, those connections of new neural pathways could be a, a kind of like a, a, an intelligent response. But for me, it's, it's about helping people uh, to, to thrive. Um, it, it's about them, them getting to see that there's nothing actually missing in, in them, um, which is a strange thing to say when you're talking about learning, but I, I think the most fundamental area of, of learning is about making sense, not just of our world, but of ourselves. And for me, that's a, that's a dual inquiry. It's something that you connect to, together. Um, and so often in our internal running commentary in our head, we can make sense of ourselves in a, in a way that is uh, critical um, or, 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 or sees us not fitting in and, and rather, rather than actually we, 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 are, we are complete as an individual. So for me, the, the thing I, I'm really passionate about in relation to learning and its development it's about building understanding. It's, it's not about just knowing stuff. It's not even about skill development. It, both of those things I, I think are really important, knowledge and skills, obviously, but building a conceptual understanding uh, for me is, the, is, is what I'm really motivated by in terms of the learning experiences I want to give young people um, and also adults as well. It, it's, it's right across the board because I think if you get to really understand something, your whole perception expands, it shifts into um, a, a, yeah, a, di a different way of seeing uh, a problem from just being uh, something that's very functional to, to seeing the purpose that, of, where, um, uh, of where we sit and what we're trying to cause in the world. And I want to pick up on one thing that you said um, in, 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 in the way you, you expanded your thoughts, and that was about knowing ourselves, which if you, if you put that next to uh, this idea of understanding, there is a dynamic then between knowing ourselves and being able to understand the world, which is quite a shift from this idea of we are all students, then we need to be filled with knowledge and we need to go through this standardized experiences. How, how do you go about um, creating context where learners, and as you said, adults or children, get to know themselves and then use that knowledge and that uniqueness to go out in the world? Yeah, that's a really good question. And uh, I think it's complex, but I think there's some structures that you can utilize to, 
to help make sense of that. Um, if I, it, the, the complexity for me is that it is around the way that we will learn those things in a variety of different, different ways. Um, I think it's always linked into relationship. Um, I, th I think people really matter. It's not just having the experience, but it's, but it's about uh, the, the quality of those relationships, um, that whole learning ecology, not just the learning environment, the physical environment, but all of the relationships that are happening within that and how making sense uh, in, in, in that kind of context. I think there are structural pieces, though, that, that you can really um, help, help with. Um, one of the one of the structural pieces for me is having a clear sense of purpose, uh, and part of that is having a clear audience and reason why I'm I, I'm 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 learning something or I'm motivated to make something. So for me, a really great project. Um, I, I I there's there's some edge to it. Um, there's that kind of tender loving care. I really care about something. But it's got that accountability and edge as well, um, and I, I think when you come to um, creating that for, for for young people to start with, the very first step is they've got to have some experiences first, because that allows that initial experience and immersion, if you like, in a in an area of the world, allows them to get curious, and you can see with a four year old, uh, three year old. Uh, they don't need much encouragement to, to ask those questions. Um, but as, the, as they go through the school system, they're more likely to be gaming the system or, or perhaps better expressed is that they've learned that the teacher has an idea in their head and that it's, you know, I've got to work out what you're thinking rather than um, really value my own thinking, which is this idea for me of actually you're complete already. You, you're going to carry some really interesting questions and, and thoughts and ideas and curiosity based on that immersion. And then I think from there, you, the, the kids start to, to build from those questions. And how we value questions is super important. And being able to, to, to scaffold that experience and that process um, so, so sometimes, you know, part of the, the, the building of that understanding is through making, making something. And I think having those felt experiences, uh, whether it's making um, a design and, it, and, uh, and, and having a client and iterating from their feedback based on what they're actually going to need and how to improve your initial first designs and to, to do and redo. Uh, whether that's in relation to something like a film or arts or an original science experiment. I, th I think there's something that starts with that care, curiosity, and then how to scaffold in relation to both the product that's being made, but also the process of learning. And I think often in schools, we, we lose sight of that you've got to scaffold for both, both the, like, if you like, the, the, the more traditional under, understanding academic level of somebody, but also for the, the process of not knowing, the process of, of navigating and discovery, you know, there's going to be certain things that anchor you to feel okay enough with, 
with with not knowing and so that could be really simple uh, like like working alongside somebody uh, but it could be it, it could be about recognizing that a project has particular stages that you work through um, or about the quality of checking for understanding or the way that we model uh, what other people have done can springboard uh, new, new, new possibilities. I, I could give an example actually of that in context in the last few weeks where um, I've been working with uh, a guy called Bo Lotto. Um, Bo was a wonderful neuroscientist that I worked with um, in a project called the Black Horse and Bees. Uh, and we, we got young people, eight, nine, 10 year olds, to create an original science science experiment and we're doing something similar at the moment in Budapest at Real School and Real School is just the most for an educator is the most wonderful experience because we <laughs> you you've got the, the the climate and the support uh, including for me as uh, as principal to really push at the boundaries of what's possible to know that you can take risks and can get things wrong and learn loads from it but with these kids, we're, we're working with Bo, and Bo's coming in, and if, in effect, um, they've joined Bo's lab for this project. Uh, so they're, they're still members of the school, but they're now members of his lab too. And we, we shared with them some things around um, the way uh, a, a bat, um, although it can see, it, it, it quite often uh, uses echo location. Um, to, to, to find its prey, um, to hunt, uh, and to, we, we then shared a little bit about a, a, an amazing guy um, in, in America called Ben Sullivan, who uh, was referred to as a kind of a bat boy. He can, he can, nav he can navigate by echolocating. So you click and he would cycle or he could shoot basketball. And it's an amazing thing to see. There's some film of of this kid doing that and the questions that started to come out of that from the kids and then they started to have a go um, and we played some games around this and then we, we started to to wonder about different things about why was this happening how do you get to be able to do this how could I learn to do this and we, we we're exploring an experiment at the moment with, with them around the way that people move inside, an, inside a circle and, and why certain patterns might emerge or why is it some people will try and disrupt the pattern of others and that's a pattern in, it, in, in itself. But one of the boys, uh, a group of boys, they were, they were sort of, maybe it's to do with um, sort of dominance and this, this had come back from this echolocation plane Piece. We were sort of playing with real intention. And one of the kids said, I wonder if we have a dominant ear, like we have a dominant hand. And then when we got to this other experiment where we were, um, which was a, a great question. I thought it was a really super question. And one of the other kids um, then started to say, well, if that is right, maybe we'd need to know that so we could sit in the best place in the classroom, you know? It's like, oh, that's really, that's cool. So this is kids thinking, you know, springboarding off the, the, these other things based on their, their, their questions. But they've started to design their own experiments now based on, on their own thinking. This, this group of, of kids were, were going into 
I'm wondering if the patterns relate to a dominance in our, in, in our being right, right or left footed. Um, and they really, it starts to become of real interest to them. Now, that's, there was a part of this where they had to get excited by something. There was a part of it where they had to get really stuck as well because we weren't telling them the experiment is this and here's all the apparatus and it's like a recipe Follow this. Because it's like, well, God, that's a great question. I haven't a clue about that. I don't know. And they're starting to create their experiments in relation to these things that they care about. Um, and even some of the eight and nine-year-olds were coming up with some super questions. Like one of the, one of the girls was questioning, I wonder if we could influence the patterns of people's walking in this particular experiment based on if there were rewards around. And it's like, that's cool. That's really, you know, you would have had to have locked me in a room for a long time to come up with that idea. Yet, because there was this kind of real openness for their thinking, their ideas, and also for being okay with, I don't know, um, I'm not sure about this, um, I don't know what I'm thinking, or actually, this isn't almost my idea, this has been springboarded out of a series of other people being curious together. Um, it's been super to see. Does that, does that answer some of those, those questions? It, it does answer, and it also brings up a, a, a more questions, which is fantastic. And in fact, <laughs> I, I wrote a, a piece not so long ago uh, asking whether it'd be possible to have a curriculum of question, based on questions, not answers, but questions looking at the quality of our questions and whether or not we find the answers is, is almost irrelevant because we should also always have more questions than answers if we're, if we're interested in something. But what, what's, what's really interesting here, by allowing them to taking off the fetters of trying to have the answers and, and, and feeling that freedom and creativity to pose those questions, is that they're not Put against um, the, the, this idea that they that you know the, 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 because they're not looking for the answers, they're looking for the questions. That's when the creativity blossoms, and you learn from them. You learn from them because you thought, "Wow, I never thought about this." Yeah, and and there's this amazing energy that builds through that process too, because there is a genuine excitement, not because the teachers put on a great show, but because we're all getting excited about a question and being curious and wondering, well, why, what's going on there? Why is it that these people are walking around in this particular way? I wonder where else that relates to things in our lives. And I, I, I love the energy uh, of that. I, I think there's, there's, there is something about the kind of really shifting the adults abilities in terms of the kinds of questions that they also model and ask in this as well. Um, quite often in schools, the teachers will ask lots of retrieval questions because they're trying to understandably get to understand the kid's perspective and, and world. But the, the risk of that is sometimes that it, it, it's, it's quite leading. You know, and it, it and it, it sharpens the focus in a very in a very particular way. Um, I once heard someone say that um, it's like the difference between the, the, the question of who killed Tybalt um, uh, and 
in terms of Shakespeare uh, and who's responsible for Tybalt's death. So one, one is there's a set answer and the other, you know, is a PhD potentially. You could, you could, you could, you could immerse yourself in that for, 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 for years. But, but the thing that I think you see with great, I think particularly early years teachers do it super, in a super way, you hear a lot of that open-ended questioning, um, TED questions, tell me about, explain, describe, describe that to me. And, and, and you're building and extending their thinking and their understanding through the quality of, of, of those questions. Um, I, I, I also, I, I love the idea with the, with the, with the question, a curriculum of questions. Um, I, th I think the, the whole sense of a quest um, is a really, you know, it's an exciting journey to, adventurous journey to be, to, to be going on. And um, when you, when you look at that with, 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 with young people, I think the sense of, of, of maybe having a thread that, that comes from, from the adult initially um, as a way of just holding a group of people together, but ultimately to get to their own individual questions. So, for example, at the moment, we're, the, the science projects and what we're doing around these links, our, our projects are always linked to an SDG. Sustainable Development Goal, and and um, you know we the, the current one is looking at how does our food impact uh, on climate action? How does the how do our food choices impact on climate action? But then the children are getting into much more focused, specific questions that matter to them in relation to that. And I I, I think there's something great about having a community in, in guided by a question but also about that passion that comes through when it's like, this is my question. I'm really excited about this um, and trying to hold those two things together. And this is uh, really uh, brings to light the tension in education. You mentioned that you want to transform uh, education uh, worldwide. The tension between you need to know this, you need to pass this test. Um, and, and of course, this idea that actually um, it's not just about, I mean, going deeper than just, oh, you know, what you need to know rather than, than what you can explore. It, it's a real tension in the world. It's, it's, it's a worldview issue about where the future of education is. Now, I'm a little bit, in many ways, I, I'm not so, I, I wonder if the question of what's the future of education even means anything anymore. Because if you think about the way that we're going to you know, our, the kids are going to be in, in 20, 30 years. They're going to have to change careers. They're always going to be learning. Education is, will no longer exist. They're always going to be learning. They're always going to have to be reinventing themselves. So how do you see those transformations happening? How do you see us resolving these differences in worldviews? Yeah, that's a great question. I think one of the things that I really like about what Bo says, the neuroscientist I've been working with recently, is it is rather than shifting people's perceptions, it's about expanding perception. And I, and I think you have to start from where people are. We, we kind of know that with kids, but sometimes we, we, when we feel we're right, <laughs> we want to forget that uh, with it, when we're talking to, to children or adults. 
Um, so I think there's, there, there are some things about just the, the quality of how, how we listen to each other, but a bit like you were describing the tension between the more traditional, say, academic view of, uh, of the world and um, the, the shifting needs for a rapidly changing world. For, for me, the, the danger is that you, you, you enter a polemic a debate of one's right, one's wrong. And I think that the reality of it is that part of how you facilitate this process of, of transformation is holding the tension between the two. You kind of want that, that talk, scientifically, you want the talk to be able to gather the, the, the momentum. You, you need that tension. It's not something that we should be avoiding. Um, I think I think the idea to to be able to to move from the from the black and white of of absolute I'm right you're wrong or this is X and that's and no this is Y into something that that becomes a bit more nuanced. There's something where you want to understand and explore why people think some of the, some of the things that they that they do uh, and being open to. To, to that development of understanding and, and learning yourself because context, as the context shifts, our answers and life, life experiences shift with our learning. Uh, and and, and the, getting, that, getting that understanding that context matters, I think is a big part of what we're trying to prepare young people to do. I, I think another skill that... Um, and, and a set of experiences that you want to help young people with is around learning how to navigate when you genuinely don't know. Um, and and that's, that's, that's not what schools typically have been designed to, to, to do. Um, it's trying to take you through from, a, from one point and destination to another. Um, whereas the, the, there is something really important as well as that, the, that kind of efficiency of learning, um, that's, you know, in a, if you look at it in the natural world, there's parts where that efficiency really takes place, but there's also times when in the natural world, you've got to have that randomness of, I don't know. I remember looking, watching the bees, uh, uh, when they would come out to try and solve these puzzles that we, we had set them with the kids. And when the bees first came out, um, because they didn't even know what they were looking for, um, they're really naive, they, they go in a really random, chaotic manner. But actually, that's really efficient if you don't know what you're looking for. And I think you've got to educate people for both, for both aspects of the world. One is the efficiency of actually, you know, there are going to be certain skills in terms of how I communicate with people. Um, being literate, you were all of the, some of these things that, of course, the, you, you want to help people people develop those, those things, and you also want them to be able to work out what do I do when I'm not sure, kind of what 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 I'm where I'm trying to get to. Like with this original science experiment, um, it's original. Therefore, we don't even know that. That we, we can't say, oh, this is what it's going to prove. We might have a hypothesis, 
but the learning might be that that didn't work and that's really good learning because it moves our thinking forward. Um, in a good project for me, you know, some of the, the best bits of learning, it might be working with, a, um, with, with kids around curation in, a, in, a, in an art gallery. Well, that's going to be something that they probably won't have done before. Um, but learning to think about your audience, learning to think about the, the project deadlines, how to manage my time. Have I given enough time for, for planning? Did I plan? Did I just start, start doing? Have I, have I iterated my, 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 um, my making? Did I get feedback at particular points? Over time, you, you have an experience and of naming the, some of those processes in a project it gives you the confidence to know, do you know what? I've never done this before, but I think I can work out how to do it. And I think that you want both of these sets of things with a healthy tension in between uh, for young people growing up today. And one of the things that I'm thinking about when we look at this tension is thinking about those people who say that, the people who say that you have to come out of school knowing something. And how do you pick that something, right? I mean, somebody said, you know, you take the curriculum, half it and throw it away and it doesn't matter which half. Um, but how at real school do they select, how do you guys select what learning experiences the, the people, the kids are going to go through? How, how do you select that scientific? How do you select the museum? Yeah, that's a really great question. And I think part of it depends on the age of the, the young people. Um, part of it is recognizing that when you haven't had those life experiences, um, you might make choices based on just what's familiar uh, and therefore will will feel comfortable because it's familiar. Um, and, and that's okay. That's okay to an extent, but it's also going to miss things too. So, um, it, it, you know, we're not, we're not a democratic school. Um, there, there are bits where um, the children could lead really, really authentically uh, and with real purpose. And there's bits where we're going to direct and need that too. And I, I think that's there's a healthy tension in that too. It, it, it's, it, it changes for different children at different times. Um, the, first, the first part of this school year, um, the, the older children the project was looking at the whole process of learning and then of having to teach others based on what they had, they had chosen to learn. And um, there was there was some fantastic things that, that that came out of that. And there was some wonderful aspects where the children, because the children moved towards uh, leading a workshop for their for their parents, for different different people's parents too. Um, and actually, some of them went on to lead it for other young people who were potentially interested in joining the school, which again was fantastic, really, really purposeful, but a real lovely level of them sharing their passion um, for, for an area of life. And they, they took, you know, they had huge agency in that. And they had real accountability because they knew, they knew there, were, there was something coming up that they were going to have to run. And, and there are other bits when it's like the, the, the thing that's come up now with the science and the, with Bo and the fact that, you know, sustainability is a huge part of, uh, of, of the purpose of real school. Uh, you know, the, our mission is to dream 
and build a useful world. And in relation to, to that, it means we're, we've got plant-based uh, diet in, in, in the school. Now, the plant-based, the plant-based diet is something that uh, you know, I, I loved what Bono, the, the, the founder of the school, he created that with, with Vicky, his, his wife. They, they wanted to have that level of provocation um, to, to cause the conversation. Um, but, but that wouldn't necessarily be something that the children would have, would have started with themselves. Um, that was something that was, that was adult-led, adult-initiated. And the, the, the bit with, with Bo and with the, with, with the science, um, that was something that was structured to enable them to have voice and choice uh, within, a, within a framework. Next to we're, we're looking uh, at, at artwork that's going to be um, uh, curated in a, in, in, in a local gallery. Um, but the, the lovely part of that project is that it, it, the artwork has to connect uh, in relation to social impact. And, and the children will choose what's their cause. We won't be saying, well, you, you've got to care about this. You know, they're, they're going to, to have that voice and choice there. So we, we try and balance things. Uh, uh, again, there's, there's some tensions in that. There are some things that will work better for some children than others. Um, and we're trying to learn all the time. We're, what we're, we're excited by is we're not creating a new static model. Um, we're, we want to keep growing and evolving a model as a, as a, as a community. And one thing that strikes me about having a plant-based diet that comes from Bo, and that was you know, his initiative, we could reframe this and say that if it's a community of learners, it doesn't matter where the ideas come from, as long as everybody has the opportunity to, to, to present their ideas. Yes, yeah, and I, I think so. And I, but I also think there is a, there is a, um, a different power base that, that I have as an adult compared to a six, Situation, if I'm honest, I, otherwise I think I, I'm playing. I'm I'm trying to pretend that we're something that we're 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 not. I think sometimes when you're doing things where you want that really um, that really constructive innovation uh, or provocation, it, it you, it's difficult to do that by committee. Sometimes I, I like a, if you're trying to do to an to create an innovative design and you get a group of people to, together, a wide disparate group of people together, the danger is you end up with something that's, that becomes more homogenized if people try to, to, to compromise on, on, on the distinctiveness. So again, it's not that one's right or one's wrong, um, but I think it's trying to, to, to work through what's gonna, be best for, for this group, this community, this culture, this this individual for this point in time. Because some, I mean, some of the things we're doing are, I, I would describe as age olds. They're, they're they're very old fashioned um, and not innovative in terms of um, maybe maybe different than you'd see in some schools. But but some of the connections about to each other and spending time as a community in a circle in the morning together the first part of our day uh, and, and being mixed age and, and enjoying that, that, that opportunity to, to come together 
that's not you. That's that's really, you know, that, that but it's not from a it's typically that wouldn't be from a school center. You get a sense of being in a village, you know, coming together. And that's another tension between this desire to innovate and seeing the world and learning as as a progress and linear rather than going back to the ancient roots. That's something we talk about quite a bit on the podcast. Yeah. It's going back to that ancient wisdom, the connection, yes. the interconnection, um, which is very absolutely. Very I, I I really agree. You brought up parents. Um, question about, like, for any innovative school that starts or thinks or any innovative programs, and I'm going back to this word innovation, but I could also say that in many ways, going back to ancient roots for some takes them out of their comfort zone. So anything that takes people out of their comfort zone, um, how, how do parents approach real school? Do, do, do you have to convince them? Do they come in already sold? How does that process of growing the school uh, from a numbers standpoint, happen? That's a really, really great question. Um, I, I think there's a, there's a number of layers to the response as well. Um, we have parents who come in who are already, before they even met us, super excited about what we're doing. They've seen the website. They love the thinking behind it. They, you know, it's exactly what they've been looking for. Um, there's others who who want to make sense of it because it's different, or will like some aspects of it, but be challenged by others. I think all of those things are, are really reasonable. Um, I, I, I think whenever you describe something uh, to, to, to anybody, especially when you're first starting out, you, everybody will get different pictures in their heads of what you mean by when you say something. <laughs> Um, so one of the things that's really important for the parents and children arriving at the school is they have a chance to connect. They have a chance to, to walk around during the day, to, to meet people, uh, for children to experience a day with us. Um, we are wanting a community of people that buy into the values, uh, the, the, the importance of sustainability um, is really important to us. And so... In that school, in that sense, the you know the, the school isn't for everyone because for some people it wouldn't it wouldn't match. I, I think we would work with anyone, um, but it isn't for for everyone. Um, I I think there's an ongoingness to those conversations as well. Um, I think one of the things that I mean, we 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 were recognised by um, Cobis. The British International Schools Group as a, as a beacon for well-being. I think part of what they really liked about what we were doing was that quality of parental engagement and conversation, um, not just waiting for um, there to be a problem, but the ongoingness to the way we greet people, the way they're invited into the building, that the expo is a wonderful celebration for the community to come together and be excited by the learning that's happening, um, but also to be really transparent and also to be really honest about the, the, like if something's not working and reaching out to them because they've got an expertise in their children that, that we, we may never have. Um, we, we, we possess different sort of pieces of the, of the puzzle or the solution. Um, so I think a key part of it is about relationships, just more generally, and keeping those conversations going, um, but really keeping the core, the, the child at the core, the core of that conversation too. 
Listen, uh, Dave, thank you so much for your time. I, I'm going to leave this open for you to uh, say maybe what you're, tell us what you're interested in, like what, what are your future plans, what's on your mind, what are some of the things that are maybe gathering around in, in, your, in, your, in, your, uh, in yourself. What, what, what's the next step or, or what might be the next step? Yeah. So um, for us as a school, um, we're, we're in the process of you know, continuing to grow and expand gradually. Um, and we, at the moment, we're up to, to, to young people of 13, now turn 14 this year. Um, and so we're really excited about completing that journey and of them going all the way, you know, being in all through school from six to 18. Um, that's, that's really nice to see how, how that's building, how we, how we, how we are able to create um, if you like a high school or secondary experience where uh, we don't lose sight of these things that are really important. We don't lose sight of the, of the importance of the quality of those foundational pieces, um, but, but also recognize the importance of the being agile as a, 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 as a learner, and being able to navigate uh, projects in a rapidly changing world. So, I'm really excited by by that because I don't think there are many schools that can do that really well as an all through experience. Uh, I think quite often things get tilted towards the examination in an unhelpful way as, as the kids get older. So we're we're really looking forward to to, to doing that differently. Um, for me personally, um, what what I'm most most excited by is is continue to, 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 to learn with the most amazing uh, group of people, I, both, both the, the people within the school, um, but also the different partnerships that, we're, that, that, we, that we have. Um, so I'd love to hear from, from anybody who'd be interested in working with us or has got an idea for a mad project or something to, to, to change the world, to, 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 whether it's a, an artist or a designer, um, that those, I think the things where I've always learned most have been um, not really working, not typically working with other educators, although I've learned a huge amount from them, but those, those points when you, you work with a designer, you work with a scientist, you work with an artist, and you just get that privilege to, to borrow their eyes and perspective for a bit. And I, I love the chance to do that. And I, I think with where we're, where we're growing as a school, how we're developing things, um, it was harder last year to do some of that because of the restrictions of COVID. We did some of it digitally, but to do, so, to do more of that, um, to take over a part of a museum or a gallery, um, to, to be able to create events or have our kids connecting in, in huge in a music festival or running an experiment in a music festival. Uh, all of these different kind of things. Uh, that's what I'm most excited by. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And it's lovely to, to be able to connect. And uh, uh, I, I love what, I love the comments and the provocations that, that you bring, um, not just in our, in, in our, our conversation today, but um, online uh, and, and the podcast series because it's it's so good to to have um, people who will, will 
question you, make you think differently, um, and also create that sense of community so that that process of transformation um, is going to happen. I'm ever so clear that, that although it's my reason to get up in the morning, it's not. That's never going to be something I can never do on my own. So it's a real, it's a pleasure to be able to to connect to you this afternoon. This was the Coconut Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Ford. We are in collaboration with Intrepid Ed News. Check out our blog on www.coconut-thinking.design. Check out Intrepid Ed News on www.intrepidednews.com. Uh, on Intrepid Ed News, you'll have our podcast, some articles that we put, put up, as well as uh, those of some uh, fantastic thinkers and, and uh, doers in education. Um, again, if you like the podcast, subscribe. Um, Leave us five stars. We look forward to your thoughts. And our blog is www.coconut-thinking.design. And our next guest is Olga Joshi Hansen, who's written a fantastic book about uh, the future of smart. And uh, she will go back to this idea of bringing in ancient wisdoms, quantum, mechanistic views, and the history of education. I look forward to it because it's, uh, it's, it's a great conversation. In the meantime, we'll see you soon.